found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. It's a Tuesday, the 28th day of June. And here we are ready for Tidbits, Matthew. Back yesterday, gave us his story of Mr. Paul going to Washington. Yes. And here we are ready for another edition of Tidbits. I saw in the Pharaoh's Tribune the 50th anniversary of the skyjacker that bailed out of an aircraft over the Mississippi Reservoir area. Oh, yeah? I remember that. Really? Yeah, yeah, 50 years ago. Wow. Back in the day, what was it with these dudes bailing out aircraft? Were you part of the manhunt? <laughs> yes, I was out. <laughs> At the time, I was a young detective. <laughs> yeah, we'll find him, see? We'll track him down. <laughs> Did you bend over and grab some of the earth, <laughs> touch it to your tongue? Oh, I'll find you. I'll find you. But how crazy did you have to be back then? Because, you know, the one they never found that D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Out in the Washington State area. Yeah. And this, you know, these guys are going out of aircraft, you know, with parachutes and surviving. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the story of this guy from what I remember. All right. Okay. One of the police officers in Peru gave this guy a ride to the hotel. Didn't know it was him. Really? <laughs> oh, oh, here's a wayward stranger. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mac. Where are you headed? I guess. Looking for a place to shack up, see? <laughs> he was... Now, the guy that found the dough, I remember this, because there was a money you know a large sum of money yeah was a farmer no 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 he didn't want a reward no no and then later hey i kind of want that (laughs) (laughs) just doing my job but you know what i think i I, yeah i kind of want that but i guess the guy was uh later apprehended near his uh home area in michigan but, uh, you know, I remember that. You know, that was big news. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, back in the day, I just don't know what it was. You know, you had skyjackings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I'd rather see that kind of stuff now than what we're doing. You know, what we're dealing with. You know, it's, you know, how do you, how do you, all right, see, we're taking this to Cuba. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to fly me this way, see? <laughs> and you see, you know, you can see vapor trails here of aircraft. Yeah. You know, so there's no doubt that they fly over this this particular area on their paths to whatever airport they're on their way to. A lot of the, a lot of the traffic we see that's not from Grissom is pretty much headed to Chicago. Yeah. But Indy, you'll see Indy the, to Chicago, the vapor trails and, you know, but they're up there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's. I just, uh, I don't know. I just yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. Like back in the day, it was skyjackings. Yeah, and, you know, it was like what is that? Was the big deal? You know, Zoys <laughs> and aircrafts. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I guess they came to the conclusion this is a little too duff, tough to uh, <laughs> to pull off. Now, I still to this day, and the DB Cooper deal is, you know. But, you know, they were saying there's, it was impossible. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Well, you know, that's big news in this neck of the woods. You got Oh, for sure, know. man. For sure. <laughs> Make the national news. <laughs> and there I was, the young detective. <laughs> Cigarette in mouth. <laughs> uh, so... Did he 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 did he skyjack an airplane? Did he have I, uh, cash on him? Like how did he? Basically, yeah. He 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 had a, a bunch of dough. I don't remember how much. Of course, you know, dough today compared to to money then, you know, there's a huge difference. Right. Yeah, Maybe thousand dollars on, <laughs> which you know c- converted to today. That was quitting money back then. <laughs> <laughs> but it was probably a few hundred thousand. Okay. You yeah. know, which would be quite a bit. Yeah. Quitting money 50 years ago, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But see, he got out and made it all right. But So how did he obtain that, you know? I don't remember. Okay. Now, we could run and get the paper during the break. Okay. And maybe that'll give us a little insight as to, you know. <laughs> maybe you'll we'll have story time. Yeah, where he got the money from. All right. And they always had the picture. And these guys all looked alike to me. You know, this guy, they got the, you know, picture of him. <laughs> you know? It's artist renderings. Yeah. You know, yeah, this yeah. This is an actual photograph. Right. But I just find that interesting to realize that was 50 years ago. Wow. But he was caught. Yeah. Yeah, they got him. Man. How do you do that and not get injured? I mean, it, and to me, aren't you kind of like muddied, you know, when you get a ride from the police officer? There's no questions. You know, you're covered in mud. You know, I don't know. What story did he tell the cop? I wonder, I you know, know. like, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I was riding my bike. See, I fell off. <laughs> so we'll have to grab that and right. kind of relive that. <laughs> that incident but um <laughs> I, I don't know why that they talk like 40s gangsters 50 years ago <laughs> it was essentially the late 70s right so because <laughs> even back then you still had some fellows wearing their hats yeah you know not like we're accustomed to ball caps they right. were you know the the fedora like fedoras <laughs> yeah and you, you know you always had sunglasses and a, a fedora and they showed you <laughs> <laughs> And the artist rendering. Sure. <laughs> so it is about 6.30, so we'll get that, and we'll see if there's more light that can be shed on this. Okay. As we continue with Tidbits. This is Tidbits. Now, I gave Matthew the ammunition from the newspaper, and he barely glanced at it. I did. So we really probably well, have... Oh, yeah, we had a... You know, <laughs> We have other business to take care of. That's right. The 4th of July is coming, Matthew. Do I need to read all this? Well, yeah, why not? (laughs) It's a lot here. So, 4th of July weekend, celebrating 12 Mile's 170th birthday. You never look better, 12 Mile. I was a teenager that year when we celebrated. (laughs) I was under the force. Look, (laughs) Paul. Uh, there's a new town popping up. Let's go. Let's go take a look. See. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, lawnmower races at Plank Hill Park, and 12 Mile the Heat races at five main races to follow. Sunday, July 3rd, lawnmower race times for this day will be announced Saturday night. Fireworks at dusk at Plank Hill Park. 
Then Monday, July 4th, three-on-three basketball tournament in Plank Hill Park. Starting at 8.30, registration can be found on the 12 Mile 500 Facebook page. Fourth of July parade begins at 11.30. And then the 60th annual 12 Mile 500 happens at 1.30. Also be a fundraiser to support the 12 Mile Lions Club. Uh, Admission $10 for all three days of racing or $5 per day. Proceeds from this going towards park maintenance and town projects. All right. So there you go. That's in 12 Mile. Yep. So we were talking before the break about this uh, deal 50 years ago about a, a guy that, a skyjacker, as they were known <laughs> back in the day, and bailed out of a, an airliner. You know, they that was a big deal back then. Yes. Uh, with the... A load of cash. I'm not sure how much it was at the time. But. <laughs> so the uh, the headline, I love this. The headline is Pirate of the Sky. <laughs> this is in today's Ferris Tribune. Yeah. Uh, this is an article written by Carson Gerber for CNHI News Indiana. Okay. Lowell Elliott stood on a small hill surveying his son-in-law's bean field located a few miles southeast of Peru when he saw what looked like a groundhog about <laughs> 150 feet away. But it wasn't an animal. It was a small mailbag with an American Airlines written on it and stacks of bills inside totaling $502,000. Wow, that's a lot then. That's putting money today. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Elliot, a 61-year-old farmer, wasn't too surprised by the half-million-dollar fine, though. After all, more than 150 FBI agents and state police officers had also been scouring the countryside around Peru for two days looking for the money. But the real target of their search was a guy was the guy who dropped it after he parachuted out of an American Airlines plane cruising at 350 miles per hour while holding a machine gun. The guy's name was Martin McNally. The date was Saturday, June 24th, 1972. A 45-year-old Dale Lau stood <laughs> awaiting his assignment. <laughs> In my many lives, I'm like that guy. No. <laughs> oh, here I am again. Uh, what happened next in Peru 50 years ago thrust the city into the national headlines as the feds launched an all-out manhunt to find the audacious 28-year-old who hijacked a Boeing 727 plane, demanded $502,500 in ransom, then jumped out with the loot over Miami County. Just amazing. It all started the day before when McNally, operating under the alias Robert Wilson, purchased a... Sorry. Purchased a half fare military ticket for American Airlines Flight 94 in St. Louis. McNally was a high school dropout who joined the Navy. He was divorced and unemployed when he boarded the plane wearing purple tinted sunglasses, hefting a trombone case. The glasses hit a pockmarked disguised face. The trombone case carried a 45 caliber submachine gun. Wow. Airport security was lax. <laughs> I would say they were pretty lax back then. You think? <laughs> Airport security was lax 50 years ago. Oh, a trombone player. Oh, well, look Welcome, at that. Uh, play us a tune, would you? <laughs> uh, McNally walked onto the plane, no questions asked. Right this way, sir. 
Once in flight, he opened the instrument case and showed a flight attendant the gun from his seat at the rear of the plane. It's unbelievable. Look at this. How this stuff went down. See, Matthew's Uncle Matt reads us a bedtime story. <laughs> bedtime as he, story. As he works against the uh, the paper. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not cooperative. We had to turn to page A7. All right, here we go. A7, here so we, we go. continue. Manhunt uh, continued for A1. Here we go. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but we're being hijacked, the flight attendant informed the pilots. It wasn't the first time someone had attempted air piracy for personal gain. Just seven months before, the mysterious D.B. Cooper there you go. had commandeered a Boeing 727, demanded $200,000 in ransom. Oh, he was cheaper. Parachuted <laughs> somewhere between Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington with the loot. He was never seen again. Fifteen people. Fifteen people <laughs> tried similar stunts the next year. McNally was the ninth. No kidding. See, there was this. It's like, what's going it was, on? <laughs> it was a rash of skyjackings. <clears throat> Taking his cues from Cooper's playbook, McNally told the flight crew to return the plane to St. Louis, where he demanded authorities give him five hundred two thousand five hundred dollars in ransom money, a few parachutes, and instructions on how to use them. You know, don't you assign your co-pilot, okay, write out some fake instructions. <laughs> right, whatever you do, don't pull this one. <laughs> Be sure and use this one, okay? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, as the plane refueled, McNally let all but 14 male passengers go in exchange for the cash. Authorities delivered it in the American Airlines flight bag, and the plane took off heading to Fort Worth, Texas. Then, in an inexplicable move, <laughs> McNally demanded the plane turn around and go back to St. Louis. Hmm. They did as he said, and the crew and passengers were back on the runway there at 9.30 p.m. Friday. Soon, the skyjacking became even more bizarre <laughs> as the plane was preparing to take off again. Around 12.30 a.m., a man drove through a security fence and sped down the runway making a beeline for the plane at 80 miles per hour. The, this is so bizarre. The, the driver was David Hanley, a 30-year-old father who owned an invention management company. You got a great idea for an invention? That, that's what he did. Okay. Have you seen those commercials? We can help you get your patent on... That, that's what he did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could have the next big thing. Call us now. Yeah. He's probably making 11 to a year. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he'd been sitting at a bar inside the St. Louis airport, throwing back drinks and watching the scene unfold on TV. After three hours of listening to reports of the hijacking, Hanley got angry. <laughs> he left the bar, climbed into his Cadillac convertible, smashed through the fence, careened into the jet. Hanley sustained serious injuries, and authorities transported him to local hospital. Later, he told police he had no memory of the incident. <laughs> if this happened today, he would have done it naked. He would have been. <laughs> I took my pants off, and then I'll take matters in my own hands. In the end, however, Hanley's attempt to stop the hijacking crippled the airplane, didn't deter McNally. Hiding behind a male hostage to avoid FBI sharpshooters, McNally boarded a different Boeing 727 with the cash. A new crew followed behind, and the plane took off headed toward New York. Uh -huh. 
At 2.50 a.m., McNally made his escape and bailed out from the <laughs> from an access door inside the rear of the plane, parachuting into darkness from 10,000 feet. He thought the plane was over his home state of Michigan when he jumped. He's close. Instead, <laughs> it was rural Miami County. <laughs> Around 20 minutes later, the Peru the Peru Police Department <laughs> received a call from state police with the news. A skyjacker jumped out over the city with half a million dollars. The manhunt was on. Wow. See, this is exciting stuff. Oh, for sure, man. Oh. Can you imagine? Gosh. Wow. By, five, by 4.45 a.m., the entire police department was deployed to set up roadblocks all around the city. Law enforcement, FBI agents from all across north central Indiana saturated the area looking for McNally. Police even stopped a Norfolk Western train heading east out of Largo at around 9.15 a.m. to check McNally had hopped on board. Agents continued to look for him all day Saturday, but the search proved fruitless. No one saw hide nor hair of the skyjacker. Police began scouring the countryside. Agents searched from helicopters and planes, and they went cross-country on horseback. Horseback! They got the horses out. Wow. And foot. Their efforts concentrated on the Mississippi Reservoir, where officials believe McNally may have landed and drowned. Charles Smith, who lived north of Peru, was 19 when the incident happened. Told the Tribune last week, he recalled that the FBI and state police set up uh, one of their headquarters not too far from his place inside the former Butler Township School. Oh, yeah. I, I went to school there. Really? I truly did. Yeah. Nice. But Smith really became invested in the case when Elliot found the bag full of cash in the field. After all, Elliot was Smith's first cousin once removed. <laughs> it was pretty exciting for that family, he said. <laughs> and since my dad knew him, I paid attention to that. The first big break in the search came Sunday afternoon when a county resident mowing his lawn near Indiana 19 and 250 East drove over a fully loaded pistol. Oh, my. The weapon had landed just 150 feet from his house. The next day, Lowell Elliott stumbled across the 502,000 in his son-in-law's field. As it happened, American Airlines tried to give Elliott and his wife an all-expenses-paid trip and a $10,000 reward for returning the money, but Elliott turned down both offers. <laughs> He said he didn't like to fly and thought the airline should give him twenty five grand for finding the loot. He ended up getting nothing. Ouch. About five hours after Elliot found the money bag, another area farmer, Ronald Miller, unearthed McNally's submachine gun while applying nitrogen to his muddy cornfield on 570 South, about two and a half miles southwest where the cash was found. Throughout the manhunt, other items from the Skyjacker lost during his jump sporadically turned up. <laughs> the Galveston farmer discovered a pair of pants. A 15-year-old found another pair of pants in his family's pumpkin patch. <laughs> a gun clip was also handed over by an unidentified resident. Officials had plenty of clues to help the investigation, but the real question remained unanswered. What happened to the Skyjacker? As it turned out, McNally was right under the noses of the FBI the entire time. After bailing out of the plane Saturday, McNally managed to deploy his parachute, but lost his grip on the money bag oh, no. and machine gun. Oh. He landed in a soybean field about six miles south of Peru. For the rest of the day Saturday, McNally sat in the field, wrapped in the parachute, recuperating from the presumably rough landing 
that left scratches and bruises all over his body. His pockmarked face disguise had come off during the fall. As evening near, he hid the parachute and some some brush and began walking. Eventually, he came upon Indiana 19. That's where Peru Police Chief Dick Blair and his wife saw McNally while out for an evening drive. Blair had no inkling the man asking them for a ride into Peru might be the Skyjacker. Despite the hundreds of law enforcement agents who just descended on the area that morning. The police chief described the hitchhiker as a nice-looking young kid. Was... It was happy to give him a lift downtown Peru. McNally told the chief, one of his relatives near the city had thrown him out of the house and he was heading back up to Michigan. Yeah, my aunt tossed me out of the house. I got nowhere to go. Blair ended up dropping McNally off across the street from the police station in front of the now demolished Peru Motor Lodge. Peru City Hall stands on that site today with a few other options. Uh, McNally walked into the motel and checked in. Hi, you're not the skyjacker, are you? Asked Amy Martin, the night clerk working the desk. When uh, she noticed the scratches and bruises on his face. McNally just grinned, handed the clerk his credit card, and told her he'd been in a fight with his brother. <laughs> you, you can't make this up. No, you can. He was given the keys to his second floor room. <laughs> he headed up the stairs, passing two FBI agents coming down into the lobby. Once inside, he had a clear view of the police across the street. FBI agents slept just a few rooms down the hallway. And that's where McNally stayed undetected and unsuspected for three nights. He eventually called uh, an acquaintance from Michigan, Wayne Petikowski, and asked for a ride home. Petikowski arrived in Peru Tuesday morning. McNally hopped in his car and was back at his house in Michigan, just outside Detroit, by Tuesday afternoon. By that time, FBI were hot on McNally's trailer trail. All the evidence found... Um, had been sent to a crime lab for testing. <laughs> he was right there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just before midnight on Wednesday, June 28, 1972, a small army of officers and agents swarmed his house. They found him walking down the street nearby. The man who had just been the recipient of half a million dollars only had 13 bucks in his pocket <laughs> when officers arrested him. What a story. Wow. So that's in today's yeah. Ferris Tribune. Um, that's, that's good reading. There. That's good stuff, yeah. man. That's really good, good stuff. Wow. Because I remember that. I, he was right know. there. Yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I need a lift, pal. I do. Especially the hotel clerk. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> you just don't say anything. You, right. you know. Now why? Yeah, getting fisticuffs with my. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Our tidbits today. Focused on the era of skyjackers. It was a tidbit. Yeah. It was a long tidbit. But uh, a very interesting one that happened that close to here. For sure. Know, so Pretty cool. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, see ya. All right. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.